A few years later, here in 2023, Haley and I decided to write another book. We wanted a children's book so that younger kids would be able to understand what autism is without throwing big words that they would not understand. So we decided to make a very loosely inspired story about art experience. Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. In this podcast, we want to highlight the real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day life. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people. I'm Mylene Lam, an autistic author and photographer, and I co-host this podcast with Andrew Camero. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Eileen. I'm Andrew Camero, a recovering certified financial planner, autistic entrepreneur, and the funnier co-host of this podcast. Today, our guest is Matthew Leach. Matthew is currently a senior at University of Kentucky. He majors in biology and plans to further his education by going to graduate school and getting a master's degree in forensic science. His favorite things to do are reading, going to the movies, spending time with his French bulldog, Chloe. He co-authored See Able, Not the Label and Frankie and Finn. He also shares personal journey with autism on his podcast called Puzzle in Progress with his sister. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me here. It's all right. I just want to say it's an honor to be on here with you guys. Well, thank you. Have you listened to our podcast before? I have not. I probably should. It's quite all right. Uh, if So we'd like to ask each guest how they prefer to identify, and we don't mean um, her, we don't mean she, her pronouns, although he, them, although you're welcome to share those as well. We mean autistic on the spectrum. You don't care, don't have a preference. Is there any uh, way you choose to be identified if you had a preference? Well, if I had a preference, I would say I'm on the spectrum because since it is a spectrum, everyone is different. So you can't just label someone, oh, they have autism, you know, because it's different for everyone. So that's how I would see it. I love the sensor. Well, that's really good, uh, Matthew. I uh, I prefer to be identify as on the spectrum too. If I had to choose, really, I don't. I don't care. But same uh, for the same reasons as you. And I think it's the first time someone mentioned these reasons for it. So so thank you. Well, thank you. And uh, the first real question we have for you, though that was a great question and answer, is uh, can you tell us about your autism diagnosis journey, like? How old were you when you were diagnosed? What were the signs? And I know you were young uh, when you were diagnosed. So it's probably from what your parents told you. What can you share about this? So what I have been told was when I was about two years old, I was nonverbal and I wasn't developing quite as well as other children my age. Most children my age would have been walking, talking, and I was walking, but I wasn't quite talking. I was able to communicate, just not through words. But I would stand around on my tippy toes. I would spin around in circles. But one thing that Haley and the rest of my family can say is I would get frustrated because I couldn't be able to talk. And I would take it out on inanimate objects to try and convey a message. You know, if I was angry, I would 
knock the books off Haley's shelf. But that was my way of saying, I'm, I'm mad, I'm sad, you know, something's not right. You know, after they started seeing this, they took me to Cincinnati Children's Hospital. I got in touch with Dr. Susan Wiley and they diagnosed me with autism when I was 18 months old, give or take, roughly two. And from then on, it's just been a journey, not for just me, but my sister, my parents, our family. In fact, the whole community has kind of contributed in my journey. So when did you learn about your autism diagnosis? Well, the thing is, I was told that I was autistic when I was very young, but when I truly learned to understand what it meant was when I was seven. So I was in applied behavioral therapy for most of my life, up until about seven years old. I would go to school, and then after school, I would go down to Cincinnati for applied behavioral therapy. But the thing is, the other kids in the therapy, I knew they were different, and I knew that I wasn't quite like everyone else in school, but at the same time, I wasn't quite like them. So I basically asked my parents and my therapists, you know, what's going on? And they sat down and explained to me that, you know, you're on the autism spectrum. And because of that, you know, everyone is different. Some are higher up, some are lower. And it's, it was the first time that it really opened my eyes. Do you think, so you had ABA uh, from when you were about five to you were about seven, right? And then you were able to transition to a, you know, a, a mainstream school without ABA therapy. Do you credit ABA with being able to do that? Um, and what do you think ABA, you know, um, helped you accomplish that you might not have accomplished otherwise? So when I was going through ABA therapy, I was going through multiple therapies. I was going through speech, music and basic social interactions and how to interact with kids my age. So I would be listening to music. It was to help open me up and learn how to speak. Because when they first started giving me the therapy, they made me sing. They would make me sing my name, you know, one, two, three, A, B, C, D, and stuff like that. And then they would move on to just me speaking it. And I like to credit it for helping me become who I am. I really had nothing negative about it. You know, I like to think of it as a helpful guide for people on the spectrum to help transition, you know, into a normal life. In fact, I think it's a wonderful thing. I love ABA. My son is on the spectrum. Well, both of my sons are, but one of them has been in ABA therapy since he was two and he's 10 now. And without ABA, I don't think he would have learned to communicate. He's still nonverbal, but he can communicate with an app on his iPad now, an AAC device. And I'm so, so thankful for it. And, you know, there's a lot of negativity online about ABA and hearing stories like yours. is just, it's nice. It's, it's refreshing. So I saw that uh, you, you're getting a, you want to get a master's degree in uh, forensic science. Um, do you love watching true crime shows? Yes. Uh, Haley can tell you it's almost of a family tradition that whenever we go on a trip somewhere, no matter how short of the trip, we have to watch something like Forensic Files. It was <laughs> always just something interesting that I took an interest in. 
when I was in high school, we had a career in tech building and one of the courses that they offered there was biomedical classes in forensics. And I took both of them and they introduced me to working in a lab and combined that with my interest in watching shows like that, it kind of made me choose my career path. And I'm still working in a lab today in my college classes. And it's just something I enjoy doing. And I feel like I can actually accomplish something with it. What is your, what, uh, do you like true crime or do you also like, you know, fictional as well? Like, you know, Dexter obviously comes to mind. I will say I like anything involved in crime because I just think it's amazing to think that you can solve an entire case just by simply the smallest bit of evidence. You know, the tiniest bit of DNA can link it back to someone that at the time probably didn't think that they could be caught by doing something like this. You know, that's what's fascinating to me. And I want to get involved in that kind of field. Solving like a cold cases and all of that using DNA. And yeah, it's it's fascinating. We have a great show about this in it's in French, so I can't recommend it, but they've been solving cases like as old as 40, 50 years old, and it just blows my mind. Like, how is that even possible? I'm sure you know more behind it than than I do. Um, are you good at math too? Because you know, there is that cliche about autistic people that they're good at math and science and uh, I'm just wondering since you like science do you also like math it depends on what kind of math I'm doing you know if I'm doing algebra no problem geometry no problem but calculus and more uh theoretical math and stuff like that that's harder for me to take a grasp on you know I'm good in some areas but not in every area what made you and uh, your sister start a podcast together. I know what made me and Eileen start a podcast together. I said, Eileen, you want to do a podcast? And then I, that was pretty much, well, no, I think I had to bug you a bunch to convince you. But yeah, anyway, how did you guys start a podcast? So to start this off, Haley and I have been advocating for many years. I think we started advocating when I was in middle school and Haley was in her first year of high school. I was having some bullying at my middle school and Haley didn't want to get mad per se at my classmates. She just simply wanted them to understand what was happening. Haley was in the future community at the FCCLA for her high school and she took it upon herself to go into my classrooms and educate us and everyone on what autism is and what people on the spectrum go through. But to answer your question, we've been doing this for many years. Most of the time, we simply would go to events, do some public speaking. We also wrote two books, which you two know, Frankie and Finn and CB Able, Not the Label. Well, about a year ago, Haley and I were talking about how we could get our message out even further. And I simply was thinking about podcasts, you know, doing a podcast is an excellent way nowadays to get your message out. And I was talking with Haley and said, why don't we do a podcast and the two of us co-host? And it's just been a wonderful journey from there. Haley and I feel like we're finally giving back to the community. 
do you guys have a guest or is it just the two of you? Like, what's the format like? And are you in the same room or through Zoom? So for those of you that don't know, Haley and I go to two separate schools in two separate states. I go to the University of Kentucky and Haley is going to Wash U in St. Louis, Missouri. So Haley and I usually do a Zoom meeting like what we're doing right now. And it depends on what we're wanting to talk about. The first two episodes, or actually three episodes, it consisted of Haley's perspective, my perspective, and then our parents' perspective. But from there on, we would invite guests. One of the guests was Dr. Wiley. We did a podcast with you. We also did one for a autism walk that's happening in St. Louis in October. And we're hoping to get more professionals that know about autism and have connections to other organizations. I think Haley and I did a Zoom meeting with different brains. It would be a wonderful idea to have those people on our podcast and to have their perspective on the whole situation. In the same bin, uh, you and Haley uh, wrote some books together. And was that the same reason why you started the podcast? Like, can you tell me about that journey of writing books? I mean, that's that's difficult. I know firsthand. Well, Haley and I worked on this together. This was a very much a team effort. So the first book, See the Able, Not the Label, is a nonfiction account, and it takes both of our perspectives. It talks about Haley having to explain to everyone what autism is. This is my brother. This is what he has to go through. And I have a perspective in there that explains how what it felt like to be on the spectrum when I was a kid. And we made it on Shutterfly, and we would donate it to like our elementary school. We also donated a copy to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital for everyone to read. But a few years later, here in 2023, Haley and I decided to write another book. We wanted a children's book so that younger kids would be able to understand what autism is without throwing big words that they would not understand. So we decided to make a very loosely inspired story about art experience and I decided to incorporate a dog into the story then. So Frankie, I would like to say, is a loose interpretation of how I was as a young boy. And Finn is the friend that everyone on the spectrum and everyone else that's not on the spectrum needs. A friend that's understanding, a friend that's always there to help them during their difficult times. So the book is designed more for uh, the people who don't have autism than the people who do, right? Like the peers who may not understand. So that, you know, Haley and I wanted to convey the message that just because someone is different does not automatically make them a bad thing. You know, we want them to understand, to accept them. So just changing topics completely randomly. I, I never do that. Um, kidding. French bulldog, Chloe, is uh, your only pet. Do you have others? And how did you come up with the name Chloe? So Chloe is a French bulldog, and I would like to say she's not our first French bulldog. I, I would like to say that we're kind of obsessed with them. We've had four. 
but Chloe is just the current one that we have. And Chloe is a very French name and we figured it kind of fits. We got a French bulldog, why not just give it a French name? So that's where we picked Chloe. It was a very feminine French name. But the thing is, I would like to just say they're very wonderful companion dogs. They know when you're happy, when you're sad. So one minute they can be very energetic. Another minute they can be very lazy and just a good dog to pet and whatnot. But it really helped me on, you know, dealing with some of my harder times. You know, I have a, I have a dog there that understands how I'm feeling. So even though Eileen is autistic, so she probably wouldn't understand how you're feeling. What is the chance because she's French that you will name your next dog Eileen? Um, I don't know. It just depends on the dog. You know, every dog has a specific characteristic and trait. Hmm. So I would like to say, you know, it's just not automatically, oh, I'm going to name the dog that. Sometimes it's personality. Sometimes the personality helps build on what you're going to name them. But I would like to say Eileen would be a good name for a French bulldog. You're currently in college, uh, majoring in biology. Do you have any tips for those on the spectrum also in college? Like, do you need any accommodation? You know, I pretty high functioning and uh, I tried going to college three years in a row in France and I could never do it. I had no accommodation, so I had to get my uh, degree online. And I'm wondering if there are any accommodation that you're getting right now that makes it easier for you to be able to attend in person. Well, to answer your question, I I don't have any accommodations. And before I, I go further into the topic, I did have accommodations when I was in high school and middle school, but ever since I entered freshman year of high school, my teachers and my parents and I tried to wean me off needing the accommodations. They tried to get me to do it the normal way, you know, go to class every day, do it the same way. And I'm thankful for that because it truly made me understand, you know, what college is going to be like and how to successfully fully thrive in it. And I just would like to say some of the tips that I would give is if you're going to college in general, I would suggest you do your, rec your required classes first to get those out of the way. And then after you have your required courses done, go into courses that you enjoy doing. Another thing that I would actually highly suggest, you know, people on the spectrum to do when you do go to college, find clubs that you enjoy. And when you do join the clubs, try and interact with everyone. You know, you have a safe topic to talk about, whatever club you're in, it's a topic you can start off on, but once you get to know them more, try to change the topics. You know, try and talk about stuff that normally you would not ask someone to talk about. You know, what is your interest, you know? well, how come you like doing this? You know, what makes it interesting for you? And then they can ask you something and you can tell them, well, I enjoy doing this. You know, it really helps with socializing in general. And I think it's a very useful, useful skill to use. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. 
and say that essentially your 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 suggestions for college are don't act like an autistic person do things that you're not interested in and socialize so are you and socialize more is there and that you know struggle and even though you can ask for help you know don't um and i know those that wasn't what you meant um but are you saying that there's you know something you know wrong if somebody just wants to not socialize that if they wanted to just focus on the things that interest them you're just saying what worked for you correct exactly i'm okay. not saying it works for everyone because like i said everyone on the spectrum is different you know what works for me might not work for you or anyone else but i would like to say that you know this is how i took it into consideration you know when i went into college for my first day i was overwhelmed you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I had 300 people in the same room, you know, pencils are tapping on the desk, you know, I'm in a strange room, you know, I'm surrounded by hundreds of people that I don't know about. And it overwhelmed me on my first day. But I would like to say that, you know, I, I basically just went into a room for a minute and basically said, you know, you got this, you've made it this far, you're only going to strive and go further from here you know if this is the hardest thing about college you got nothing to worry about so i would like to say that you know i'm i'm used to all the chaos that is college and it's a it's a struggle to get used to it but once you understand it it becomes easier no thank you for that and uh and i do think it's really good to you know reconsider what you know quote, either accommodations somebody might need, you know, because maybe you don't need them. It's good to struggle a little bit, you know, how else is somebody going to learn if they don't try something new? So I, I, I can definitely agree with that. Thank you. You're welcome. I just figured that, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking for help if you need it. If you feel like you don't need it, try it out. And if it doesn't work out for you, use the help that's available to you. And can I, can I jump in here? Matthew, maybe something you want to talk about is the conversation you had with mom and dad and with your teachers during your senior year as to if you wanted those accommodations and how you made that decision for yourself. And in times where you have struggled a little bit, we've, you know, you've gotten tutoring and, and some of those things to, to kind of help. So I agree, accommodations look a little bit different and maybe you could, you know, expand on that a little bit, Matthew. So like Haley said, during my senior year of high school, I was given the option, you know, do you still want these accommodations when you go to college? I, I really sat down, thought on it, but I figured, you know, if I am going to earn my degree, I want to at least try to get it the right way, the traditional way. But I did say, you know, if I need accommodation, just at least let me know how to get it. So I went through my first year of college, no trouble. But when I entered my sophomore year of school and started taking higher level classes, such as chemistry, that's when I started to have some trouble. And Haley is right. I got tutoring. I went to study sessions. I tried to do everything that I could do to do better, and I have. And it's just been a bit of a struggle. But then again, just about everyone that goes to college has a struggling year, semester or two. But it's been a journey, and it's a journey that I'm glad that I took. 
you and Haley seem uh, very, very close. And I know you do a lot of advocacy uh, together. Can you uh, talk a little bit about your advocacy journey with, with your sister and like how far apart are you? How many years? Okay. Well, Haley and I are two and maybe three months apart in age. So Haley and I are fairly close in age together. And I would like to say that in a way, Haley's been advocating for me ever since I was diagnosed. She would help me in times that I needed help. And in a way I helped her become who she is today. But to answer your question, we started our advocacy during middle school. Like I said earlier that I was being bullied and Haley and I wanted everyone to understand what was going on. And I will say things did get better. Everyone started to understand what I was going through. And, you know, I opened my shell. I, I became more outgoing. I started to interact with people more because now they understood what I was going through. And in return, I was learning everything from them. But Haley has been advocating for me ever since I was a kid. She's been doing it in both SCLA and in her beauty pageants, she's always tried to get the message out on bullying and autism. So Haley is currently in Miss Missouri, and one of her platforms is promoting autism. She goes to multiple organizations and meetings every day, and she tries to advocate her platform. And I like to think that I'm there helping her, even though I'm not physically there to help. I'm always helping my sister in her field, and Haley is always helping me during my times of struggle. So Haley and I have done many things together. We've written two books, we've founded a podcast, and we've actually been invited to a few events. In fact, about a month ago, Haley and I went to an autism walk, and we both did public speaking, and it was a little nervous for me even though I was talking in front of a large crowd, but I feel like I was giving something back to the autism community. You know, when I was a kid, my parents had little to no information on what autism is and if there was any hope for people like me. And since I basically accomplished the odds, I, I feel like it's my time to give back to not just the people on the spectrum, but to the families and to let them know that there is a chance and that there is hope for their loved ones. So uh, what uh, organization sponsored the walk that you did? Autism Speaks. I didn't know the answer to that question before I asked, by the way. I, I was genuinely curious. H how do you right. decide what organizations to support or you know not support? So some organizations actually reach out to Haley and I. Some of them will reach out to Haley and then Haley will basically bring me into the loop and we talk with them and basically say, you know, yes, we would like to come to this event or would you like to come on our podcast or we would be more than happy to come on to yours. And I like the fact that, you know, now we're, we're able to get our message out. You know, it feels very impactful. You know, Haley and I are basically from a small rural town in Kentucky, and now we're helping major organizations across the country in promoting autism. Speaking of, it's your chance now to um, 
anything you want to promote, like your social media links, uh, books, which we've talked about, uh, anything you can uh, you can tell us. Well, I would just like to let you all know, Haley and I's podcast, Puzzles in Progress, is available on Spotify and iTunes. Our book, See the Able and Not the Label, and Frankie and Finn, are both available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Waterstone, which is based in Great Britain. So it's an international book now, and Haley and I are very excited. We never thought it would get that far. It's awesome. How about social media? Do you want to share your social media? Well, Haley has a social media account. She has both a TikTok and an Instagram account for Miss Missouri. She posts content both on her being Miss Missouri, but more importantly, on autism, I have a social media account. It's Matthew Thomas Leach. And I don't really post on it, but if you follow me and Haley, we will be more than happy to add more content. To wrap this up, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. So basically, you just tell me the first answer that comes to your mind, like one or two words. Are you ready? Favorite animal? Elephant. Oh, I thought you were going to say French bulldog. <laughs> you tricked me. Can I have a pet elephant if you could? If, if I could, an elephant. <laughs> favorite TV detective? I don't have a personal favorite. All of them are my favorites, to tell you the truth. Who is your favorite singer or band, musician? Oh, that's a good one. Um, if I had to choose, my favorite band would probably be, as shocking as it is, ACDC. Favorite fictional crime show? Fictional crime show, Dexter. Huh. And favorite food? Favorite food. Um, steak. That's probably mine too. Nice. Awesome. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great uh, chatting with you. It was a pleasure being on here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming.